everybody and welcome to another episode of the Broom Wagoon Cycling Made Inclusive and we're gonna talk about inclusivity today we're gonna talk about races on gravel and we're gonna talk about races on gravel that are inclusive in places of the world where usually this doesn't happen not always and I am super excited because the interview that you're gonna listen in a tiny bit it was super fun super interesting and with a lot of things that you should not know. They are exclusive things. Actually, we're talking about inclusivity and talking about exclusive. Okay, you're gonna know more about it in a tiny bit. First of all, I have to say thanks. Thanks to Komoot for being amazing partner of the Broom Wagon. You know Komoot already. If you don't know it, I'm gonna give you a couple of lines. So with Komoot, you can really plan your next adventure. It can be a hiking adventure, can be a ride adventure, can be a run, can be whatever. And this will help you on discover a bit more the world. So Komoot is free to download and free to use, but you can just unlock some extra feature just by going on komoot.com slash g like greenland and put the code broom in this way you can get a new region with your offline maps bundle and you can save the routes and the maps offline and you can also unlock the turn by turn voice navigation thanks a lot for supporting me komoot and i'm gonna come back to you with another little tip for your plans just at the end of this episode so stay here hang on and you're gonna know the second part of the last week tip that i was telling you but let's continue remember that you can find the broom wagon all over the podcast world so apple podcast google podcast spotify and remember please to share to subscribe to comment and to rate the broom wagon it's super important you are gonna make me a huge favor and everybody can listen and discover this podcast over and over this week i got a couple of super cute messages one from i don't remember the name sorry people but from somebody from netherlands giving me a lot of compliments and saying that my they like my podcast and i'm super happy for that and another one came directly from perth australia I'm super happy when people are listening to my stuff on the other side of the world. Continue doing it and please share it. But let's move on. We are going to talk today about the Migration Gravel Race. Huge event that all over the internet has been super, super hype at the moment. I talked with Sule and I talked with Michael, two organizers of the event. Well, we talked about everything around it, the team Amani, the how is going to be the race and completely as an, a premiere, let's put it in this way, a premiere. Still, I didn't see around the internet and today here is February the first Monday. I still didn't see a list of the participants. Well, Michael and Sule said a couple of names and you are gonna arrive it by the end of this episode. So listen to everything and you are gonna listen to the amazing names that are gonna take part to the migration gravel race in Kenya. Wow. And check the photos, check the picture. There was as well a feature on the bikepacking.com, on the Instagram account. Please see these things while you are listening to the voices of Michael and Sule, and you're going to know while I'm still already dreaming about it. And really, you're going to know more about it. Please follow up and I'm going to talk to you at the end. Huh? I would say that all over the internet in this period, and I'm super happy for that, there are a lot of amazing photos from a race that is super 
hype at the moment and I'm super happy because they're coming from an amazing country like Kenya and I'm talking about the migration gravel race. So I am happy today. I'm super honored of, have, of having here two of the organizers of this awesome race. I'm not gonna actually, I'm gonna say just your name, names, people, because I know that I'm gonna otherwise misspell everything super badly, but I'm here with me uh, already, uh, Mikel and Sule, uh, people behind the, yes, the Migration Gravel Race. So people, how are you doing? We're good, Stefano. Thanks for having us. Super happy for having you here. Tell me how many mistakes I've made with your name, guys. <laughs> Uh, I, I go by uh, just about anything these days, um, so I'm pretty flexible, but uh, yeah, you know, um, my mother calls me Michael. Michael? Is it an English name then? Well, actually, no, it's a Basque name. Um, my mother comes from Cuba, but it's a long story. <laughs> Not that interesting. Okay, we're going to talk about that in private. What about yeah. you, Sule? Sule is fine, right? I think that's perfect. Yeah, Sule is fine. So yeah, Sule, Sule Kangangi. That's the the, the the name that people know me of. Yeah. So I think you you pronounce it correctly, Sule. That's perfect, people. I don't know. I actually feel super, super nervous all the time because I'm super bad with, um, let's say, uh, vocalizing different accents. I tend to explain and talk as much as I can with the Italian accent. Now I do it as also, you know, because I like it and because I like to stress about that. But then I actually, it's not true. I like to say that, but it's just because I'm completely useless on saying other things. But that's <laughs> another story. Um, yeah. So I just want to put a couple of stuff in context and then I will let you talk a bit more. So I was saying that the Immigration Gravel Race, this amazing event that is going to happen in Kenya in the month of June, it's super hype. And uh, I want to say why. Actually, I got to know about that with two different uh, media fields. The first one was with the awesome interview that Michael, uh, with the amazing interview that Michael had with Sogon, and they did it on the far-right interview session, and uh, it was super great, and it was the first time, actually, that I got to know about the race, and the second time was with the amazing feature that the Migration Gravel Race got into the bikepacking.com website. I read about it. I know that it's something that is more complex than just a ride and a race. In Kenya, there is a huge project behind it. And I'm super happy that we're going to talk about that today, people. But first, for starting on that, I would love to have from you both a small intro about yourself. Let's make everything a bit more personal. Yeah, so uh, as I said before, my name is Sule. I come from Kenya. I was born here. Uh, I've been a professional cyclist with the bike uh, bike aid for the last uh, a few years. So um, I have a long history back here, but you know, like I kind of uh, grew up doing other stuff. But uh, at some point, uh, when I was growing up, I came to know that I can race with bicycles, and uh, I did some races locally, and I loved it, and I fell in love with it, and uh, I've never looked back. So. I can say that, you know, at the moment, everything that I do, it's always surrounded by bicycle. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, from, from my part, uh, so my name is Michael. I uh, from the United States originally, but I live in Holland. I've lived here for about 10 years. I own, with a couple of friends, Lola Bikes and Coffee, uh, one of the first bikes and coffee shops on the continent. 
I'm a cycling enthusiast um, and also kind of the head cheerleader of the uh, Amani project. So, um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that, I guess, uh, going forward. Absolutely, we are going to do that. Um, how did you got to, to know each other, people? Just let me know, actually, how everything started between the two of you and then starting with a couple of super nice projects that you're, yeah, carrying on. Actually, uh, I think, uh, like, uh, like the way for me I knew Michael is the, through someone called uh, Simon. is part of the organizer of the migration travel series. I think uh, Simon, uh, Simon Blake got in touch with Michael at some point uh, while I think Michael was, you know, working in Uganda. And they talked about this amazing project. And uh, that's how um, Simon uh, connected me with Michael. Uh, so we got in touch, we became friends. And now, you know, like uh, we have something working together. And I think it's going to be brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I, I have to say that, Sule, our, our bond was really forged on the recon of the uh, migration where I, uh, I, I suffered. I suffered greatly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and Sule had two choices. He he could leave me to die with the wildebeest carcasses, or he could stay by me, break, <laughs> break, break the force five wind, and let me get to camp in one piece. And he thankfully chose the latter. So uh, I'll always be grateful for Sule for that. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how I actually put people in trouble, bring them together, and then you will see or something dying. I mean, people or <laughs> something really strong surviving. I mean, friendship, yeah. right? Indeed. Yeah. So last couple, uh, yeah, we did a reke, and uh, on the reke we didn't know like what to expect because we had to do it like perfectly and make sure that everything is going okay. And uh, you know, like this part of the of the world is in Kenya, but I've never you know visited there in person. So even me myself, although it's in Kenya, I didn't know what to expect. And you know, like the first day was okay, but it was you know like the wind and the, you know. Uh, the dryness there, even for me, was something uh, something unique. So uh, we were with uh, with Michael uh, the whole day, the first day of the four days, and uh, yeah, it was uh, you know we spent like I don't know how many hours together talking and like you know like thinking about the race, the scenario of what will happen during the race, and uh, yeah, at some point I think Michael was so Michael was so. I think the, 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 the wind and the, the, the dustness, I think it broke him. You know, that's the thing that, <laughs> you know, Africa, like in Kenya, those are the things that you don't get in Europe, I think, and they can break you easily. Absolutely. But I was happy that, I was happy that, you know, like we managed to get into the camp, you know, the first day. We got through it and we got it, through it together. And uh, we, we had fun later after that day in the evening. It Stefano, it just gives you an insight into the caliber of athlete that Sule is, where he describes it for himself as something that was okay, and then something <laughs> that, that, that broke me completely. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But I would, I would totally concur with that description. That is, in fact, what happened. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, shall we maybe get a little, because I'm super interested on that, but we're going to go through in one second, a step back. So we are already talking about uh, the recon and how it was happening and how much actually put together your friendship and everything like this. But stepping back for one second, from where and how the idea of making a gravel race, I think in the field of the ultra endurance races and everything like this, and making it in Kenya 
where landscapes and you were saying wildlife and everything, it's so amazing. But how this idea came from your mind and actually which one were the steps before arriving to the right K that you were talking? So it's actually kind of a funny story now that now that it's really happening because um, what actually took place was I uh, I was on a work mission so um, in Uganda and the director sportif for the Kenya Riders sent me a message saying he would very much like to meet me because he would like the Amani project to also extend to Kenya because at the time we were just focused on Uganda and Rwanda and so I said that I had a few uh, a few hours before my flight took off from Entebbe if he wanted to come and meet me I would be uh, perfectly happy so he flew over from Nairobi and uh, and spent the afternoon with me sitting by Lake Victoria and started to kind of outline some of the challenges that they were facing and one of the key challenges that they were facing obviously uh, the big issue has always been you know international racing opportunities for for these top flight athletes that's the that's been the key focus and we were already uh, in contact about that but another thing was the unstable financial market for the development team so it's cycling in general is is very the the financial uh, stability of cycling is well known to be unstable, but it's even worse uh, in the developing world as, as maybe you can imagine. And so we were thinking creatively of, of something that we could do to, to kind of take that chaos out of, out of the scene, because you have these guys who, you know, a lot of volunteers and a lot of people who've been putting in a huge effort to get cycling off the ground in not only Kenya, but Rwanda and Uganda and, and a lot of different countries uh, in, in Africa, but they spend the, the majority of their time looking for you know the next donor to pay for the next race, rather than focusing on you know identifying new talent and honing that talent and you know training you know creating racing opportunities all these other things which is which has to be there. Uh, so in essence and not to talk too much about it but uh, the idea came up i mean gravel was obviously booming at the time and i spent a lot of time in kenya um and i know it is uh, topographically one of the most beautiful countries in, in the whole continent um and, and quite diverse and i thought um it, it also has no shortage of gravel roads so yeah the idea just came why don't we why don't we explore whether or not we could put on a world-class gravel event and there's nothing like it in, on the continent uh, and and then create in one fell swoop a stable uh, financial model for the Kenyan riders development team but at the same time international racing opportunities and so yeah we just I mean it was kind of a harebrained idea to start with and we then the uh, Simon and another partner of ours James just started going out there on motorbikes and, and on gravel bikes and, and reconning it to see if it was something that we could do. We brought Sule on to, to test it as well. And and then, yeah, it just, uh, it just started building on itself. And then uh, that's, that's how, that's how the, the idea came. At first we were thinking about a long uh, one day race, but the um, ultimately we, we, we thought to, to really get the, the diversity of the Mara you really need multiple days because you need to cover a lot of distance. So that's why uh, we got to this uh, the stage race stage race concept. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and it sounds also perfect. I was checking that actually the race is 600 kilometers for four days. So really you cover a lot of ground and you really see a lot of diversity. And that's really the great part that having a stage race, let's call it in this way, instead of just a yeah. one long single stage race, is going to be the plus, right? People are going to enjoy a lot of super cool things. But let's step another second back, and then we will really rush in front. You were talking, Michael, about the Amani project and the Amani team. Uh, would you say that actually the race... Uh, let's start from here. What is it, the Amani project, the Amani race? Anyways, if you want to know also a little bit more, as I was saying for sure, listening, uh, listen as well to your amazing interview with Sagan. But... But just to give a bit more of context here, uh, tell me more about the Amani project and tell me how the two things, so the migration gravel race and the Amani project are related. Basically, we're trying to leverage uh, uh, a group of us who are living in Holland. We're trying to leverage our uh, position in Holland and the our closeness with the Dutch Cycling Federation, plus just Holland being a sort of cycling mecca to see if we could create more opportunities for our sport to become more international, frankly, because I think a lot of us uh, recognized for a while now that if you really think about, especially road cycling, it's, it's, it's a sport that's dominated by six or seven you know, European countries. Um, and, and to the extent that we have world championships and you know, we talk about it as a global sport, it's not really. It's a, it's a very Eurocentric sport. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And it's not a, criti it's not a critique. It's just, uh, it's just a fact. And I think a lot of us who love this sport think, you know, for it to be, it should be shared. And it, and it should be a, true, a truly global phenomenon because it is such a beautiful thing. Um, and to do so, it takes, it, it's not enough to just say, well, you know, there anybody's free to join a race uh, and, and take a passive approach. It's a passive approach won't, uh, won't cut it because as we've seen over the last hundred years, um, it's, it's our, our, our sport isn't getting any more inclusive. I um, mean, just last year we had the first African um, participate in Paris-Roubaix, um, a sport, a sport in a country that has very strong ties to Africa yet not a single African had joined the race until, until last year. So, yeah. I, I, look, it, again, I'm not criticizing. I understand, uh, I understand a lot of the reasons why these things have taken place, but the, I think from our point of view, it's more, it's more of a challenge and, uh, and, uh, and more of a, a personal interest. Uh, we, we, we all want our sport to be more global, just to see, like, can we really test the... Uh, the parameters of the uh, the extent of you know human competition and see you know what what would running have been had it had it stayed a European sport, you know uh, potentially cycling, cycling and, and we can already see with some of the Colombians now entering the fray that uh, that uh, the sport is better off for it. So we we hope to uh, to yeah continue to increase that and 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 the idea behind the project itself is really kind of leveraging some of the experience I've had in East Africa especially with international development, uh, to, to avoid a lot of the pitfalls and mistakes that uh, are replicated or have been replicated for quite a long time, uh, namely building institutions that only serve to perpetuate the institutions rather than the bottom line. 
We are a completely voluntary organization. We have no administrative fees. And we start every single initiative that we've launched by listening. So we don't have an agenda. Uh, we asked our stakeholders and our partners in, in, in East Africa and in Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, what it was that they needed, what were their barriers to entry. And then we just thought, we tried to respond to those things that they had identified. So that's the kind of nexus, that's the whole concept of Amani. And one of the prongs of Amani, uh, of one of three of the prongs of Amani so far is this uh, migration gravel race. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for that. It's pretty, pretty eye-opening. And maybe to go a bit more in the technical things, uh, and then we're going to really talk about the race because it's probably the main topic. But you were talking about that you listen anyways to the people, so to the stakeholders, also to everybody there, um, to identify which one were the, bar the barriers in order for people to get into cycling uh, there, right? And reading around, uh, reading some of your interviews, uh, guys, and stuff, I read that actually, for sure, is a problem of money, and that's for co of course, but also there are a lot of logistical problems plus also cultural problem, right, that should be fixed. I don't know, I, for example, I'm identifying in this moment... Um, is not the point of growing up or give talented athletes the, the opportunity to come to Europe and ride, but actually it's also giving people that are already in East Africa, first of all, inspiration on seeing other pro riders and other riders uh, riding the bike and then give them the inspiration and saying, okay, I can, I can do it as well. We can do it. Something like bringing the culture of cycling down there, bringing it to East, uh, to East Africa in order that everybody can see that and not just pick up some top athletes and bring them around and then let them face as well from economical problem, for cultural problem, for language problem, just easily visa problems and anything like this. Am I saying anything? Uh, what do you think about that point? No, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it's correct, you know, and that's where, where, where like the migration uh, gravel race is coming in. You know, like it's it's very expensive to to take uh, the, the the top athletes to Europe. Like I've, I've been one of the beneficiaries of of, 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 of this kind of, uh, of, of 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 program. But you know that uh, does not solve everything because you take a few riders there. But you know, like when you are doing the vice versa, and that's what we are doing now with the migration gravel race. It's that you know you bring the top athletes, then a lot of athletes here can see them and can see like how fast they can cycle a bike. And that's open up a lot of uh, young boys' uh, minds. You know, like they see it in first hand. Not they're not seeing uh, them in television. They're seeing him on their home country, and they're riding the bike really fast. You know, that changes a lot. And that's where you know, uh, uh, you know, like that's doing a little bit different from what we have been doing. You know, like taking a few athletes from Kenya, Uganda, wherever, and taking them to Europe. But this way, it's uh, it's not just giving us an opportunity to, to 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 see them, but again to race against the top. You know, where I think some of the athletes here uh, wouldn't even have imagined of doing it uh, before. Yeah. Um, just let me ask you another question, Sule, because um, I think that actually you are probably the person that felt uh, this kind of uh, situation a bit more with, with your hands, with your skin, with your um, feelings and everything, because how does it work for you, your pro-athlete life? How much time do you have the opportunity to spend 
back in your home country? How much time you have to spend, for example, in Europe to stay together with your team and uh, to train and uh, and everything like this? How does actually your pro life, pro athlete life, looks like? Uh, last year, not so much. Uh, I think that was for many people due to COVID nineteen. But the years before, I would say like uh, the year will start early, probably in uh, in uh, one of the African countries, probably in Gabon. Mm-hmm. That's where like the team will normally start the races so I'll be selected to be to be to go there and then uh, that's early early February uh, so you you then you do some other races still in Africa February at the end of February in Rwanda and then you you go to Europe like you know early summer and uh, maybe uh, spend a couple of months three four months there doing the European circuit races and then come back uh, to Kenya uh, go to races in China and probably maybe do something in you know uh, uh, in Europe in the in the end of the year. Uh, so you, you know, like half of the year you are like traveling and uh, you know uh, going to races. Maybe not just in Africa and in Europe. Uh, and I think it's normal for many athletes uh, in the world. Yes, yes, yes. I think that anyways, for cycling, I can believe that actually this is a normal path. A lot of people also from, uh, yes, from other countries or whatever need to spend in other countries like, I don't know, France, Spain, Italy, most of their time. But the other point is that they have also the opportunity to race in their own countries, right? While for you is a bit more is a bit more complicated because they're not there's not so much. And this is, I think, the great innovation between and the great innovation of Team Amani and other established club, established club that are around. Because you are also, as we were saying, trying to get races and pro athlete there to yeah to Africa and something like diversify a bit more all the landscape of racing and riding and also give the opportunity to all the people that are around to see how a, a race, a proper race looks like. Yeah. Yeah. For me, actually, you know, like this is the first time something like this is happening. You know, um, migration gravel race is one of my target, big targets of the year. But now I'm, I'm not the one who is traveling. Some people are traveling to get me, like to 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 meet me here. At least, you know, like I feel I have some home advantage and stuff. So I feel like privileged. You know, like it's something that has never happened for me before. So I feel kind of proud, like it's happening, and uh, I'm looking forward to you know to use some home advantage if I may say so. Yes, yeah. you are completely yeah. right on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, did we mention, Stefano, that the race, uh, the average altitude of the race is 2,000 meters? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be super awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can even, yeah. I can understand why you are talking about home advantages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also this is gonna be super great because as you were mentioned, Sule. Um, People that want to take part to the race, we're going to arrive also to this point, they need also to come over and train. So it's not going to be just a four days, five days, one week effort. People that really want to get to be competitive, they need also to come there and start reconning and having a look and also getting used to it. And this is going to be super great advantage for, I don't know, just for you, for example, riding with them, all the other people, kids or whatever, make stuff there with them just to to keep everything in place together yeah i think like you know i know like the, the, there'll be some top athletes who will come and i know they have done gravel races in other parts of the world you know america but this is something different this is like i think it's an experience where people will uh, will will never probably not forget or maybe not forget soonish you know because it's going to throw everything at you 
you know, from the landscapes and you know, like mm-hmm. the weather. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic, and I think it's going to be one epic gravel uh, gravel race. You know, like I know I've I've seen about Dati Kanza, I've seen other gravel race, but I think this is unique. Uh, since it's happening, you know, especially in the in the Masai Mara, and that's one of the big unique uh, uniqueness it has. Uh, but I think it's going to be brilliant. Yes, let's go in that, guys. Let's go yeah. into the race itself. I think that we warmed up, and now I really want to know a lot of things about that. So. Okay, we already mentioned that it's going to be a race that is going to all take place in around 2,000 meters of altitude. And uh, I can understand. I can understand how it is. And you can understand how cool it's going to be. I read around that actually it's going to be also passing through some places that are really with a lot of wildlife and a lot of amazing things. But tell me a bit more about that. How do you see it? I know, for example, that... Uh, I don't want to say anything. I'm going to probably just add, but I think you're going to touch base on everything. Tell me more about the race, people. Well, the, the one piece of essential kit that I think would uh, distinguish this race from perhaps, you know, Dirty Kanza or Leadville is that you have to have lion spray with you uh, at all times. Okay. I'm kidding, Stefan. No, okay. Sorry, sorry. No, because I heard also another time that you were talking about. Your, your listeners, your listeners won't benefit from seeing your face when I said that. <laughs> I was super, super, super. Yeah, because I remember that during the interview with Sogon, and this was another joke. That's why I was thinking, okay, Michael is probably joking. You told Sogon, yes, because we are going to do a briefing before the start of the race because I think that actually racer, the racers need to know how to handle a big cat attack or stuff like this <laughs> so now i was there i was like what the hell <laughs> yeah 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 no so we, we we like to play a little bit about the animals just to to keep it exciting but uh, on that front in fact uh, it's it's absolutely safe um the the area that we that we'll be riding on is is really in the periphery of the park and we have a lot of support uh, a lot of local maasai support but also support from kenya wildlife service etc we know uh, where the animals uh, will be, wh- which which zones are kind of more sort of populated with the animals. So it's it's really actually, and you know, and Sule can can chime in on this. But at some point, you are suffering so bad, you you kind of invite a lion attack. Okay, okay. No, no, but uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, the, the the cats are, are not an issue um, it's really it's really a, a really fun thing when you are riding or you're on a, a long sustained climb and you just see some zebras or some giraffes sitting by the side of the road so uh, some things I'll never forget uh, for sure like Sule said but in terms of logistics we have we have, we have a guy who's been putting on these big uh, adventure sport events in Kenya for 20 years mm-hmm. Uh, with mass participation, et cetera, in national parks. All the logistics are sort of, in fact, it, it blew our mind, right, today how, how well organized this thing was during the recon. It was like a military yes. operation. Yeah. So, uh, no, we, the logistics, uh, we, uh, we're feeling pretty confident about, but we're still keeping the numbers, the race numbers relatively low this year just to make sure um, that from a sporting perspective, so not a logistics perspective, but a sporting perspective that, uh, we can make sure that every athlete has, uh, you know, has what they need and it has the environment that they need to compete in. That being said, there's a, a hell of a lot of uh, 
of self-supported requirements. So if you're not somebody who can, you know, uh, deal with whatever may be thrown at you on the road, then the, this probably isn't the race for you. Okay, 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 okay. So yeah, we talked about then a bit more which one are more or less, let's say, the... Um, no, let's talk about that. What do you think is going to be, let's start from here, the difficulties then of the race? We talked already about the 2,000 meters of altitude, but I heard before from Sule some wind. I don't know how it's going to be temperatures and stuff, but I think that can be also challenging there. I think that actually I believe, I will put it in this way, I believe that you need also a bit of self-control to ride there. Why am I that? Because if it would have been me, I would stop every second mile just to take pictures and stuff. So you need also to make a step back and say, okay, it's a race. Just go out there and race as well, because otherwise, if you're taking it just like a trip or a nice journey, I think that the risk is that you will never arrive from stage A to stage B, because you're going to stop taking pictures and enjoy com animals company and wildlife company for all the time. But there are any other, I don't know, difficulties or challenges that do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, I think for I think for the if I go, you know, like with individual stages, I think you know, like uh, probably like I'll be saying on stage one, probably you know, like the first half, you know, it's you know a little bit rocky, but it's okay. It's good with the you know with the with a with a good gravel uh, bike. I think you you'll you'll be flourishing at it. The second half of the first day, it's you know like the winds. You have to be able to handle yourself with the wind and you know like the roughness of the dryness, if I may say so, of the of the place. Mm -hmm. um, it's 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 it will be on June, so it's uh, you know a little bit rainy season in Kenya. So, but in this part of the of the world, it doesn't rain a lot. So, but I think we'll be expecting you know some rain, but I don't think it will you know not big rains in this time of the year. There'll be you know it's a it's a rainy season in Kenya. Uh, second day, I think it's the day that you know it will really really put people you know. Some may regret or some may be so happy because it's going to, 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 to push you to, to your limit. It has everything. It has, you know, like almost uh, more than 3,000 meters of climbing. You know, it's long enough. Uh, it's like a really proper Tour de France stage. So you have to be really, really prepared uh, for it uh, with descents and some climbing. Um, uh, stage three, I may say it's like probably the, you know, like the easiest of the of the of the. Of the Okay, for, yeah, sorry if I'm they, laughing, but I'm trying to compare yeah. your easy <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, know? you should really, you should take everything he says with a grain of salt. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, I think it's a day you can, you know, uh, a little bit enjoy. And, uh, okay. and I think, uh, and you'll get to see some beautiful uh, landscapes and animals as well. But stage four is where, like, you know, you will probably meet the whole... Uh, I think we'll be passing through in the heart of Mara. So it's uh, where you like kind of getting the, you know, like the feeling of, of the Mara. And I think a lot of people is, are going to enjoy that, especially that day. Okay, but in the day number four is also a day that I read around. You will also something like some neutralized zone where you're not gonna take your the time and stuff because people are really need to pass through as well the life the the, the wildlife easily and maybe with a bit of so careful. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we 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 didn't actually face. So I mean, the way that uh, that that's an extreme measure, the neutralizing of the race. And what we'll have is we'll have park rangers in advance uh, of the stage riding up and, and, you know, they'll have radio communication, et cetera. So if, 
if there are elephants in the road or this kind of thing, then the, then the race will have to be neutralized. But we, we didn't have that problem during the recon, so we, none, of this, n- none of it was uh, neutralized at all. Uh, and it was just uh, spectacular. Uh, but, but more to your point about the, about the tourism and the, and the photography taking and all of this, um, it's just not that kind of race. I can tell you, Stefano, because uh, you, you have to get to the checkpoint at a certain period. Otherwise, you'll get diverted. You won't be able to complete. Because the one thing that, that's unique about this you know, versus Atlas Mountain Race or another race where you can't ride through the night here. Of course. Um, we, can, uh, we can guarantee safety during the day, but <laughs> during the night. not during the night. Okay. Yeah, all bets are off. So, um, yeah, so that, and for that reason, uh, and, and, and just the pure caliber of the people who signed up for this thing, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. There are serious, serious athletes who signed up. And, and also we have kind of inbuilt on the first and last day, or the day before the first day, I should say, an opportunity for everyone to get their fix with the animals uh, in the start and finish point, to, to ride like a, a five, 10 kilometer loop, like really in the heart of, uh, of an animal zone. So you can get all the photos you want. Plus there's gonna be you know race videographers and photographers involved. So you don't have to take photos of yourself. People will take photos for you. And you can just be focused about uh, trying to survive and complete the space. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, in terms of climbs, then, because I understood, no, it was the day number two, because the three is the easiest, so it's going to be really a, a piece of cake. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so laziest, not, uh, not weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So yeah, you said that actually uh, they're not gonna miss. It's not gonna miss any kind of climb and altitude and really long day climbing and uh, and stuff. So I think that on the climbing side we're gonna be okay, right? And also the descent part. Eight thousand climbing. Eight thousand meters of climbing in four days. Okay. So average two two thousand per stage. Uh, yeah. And some of these, if it rains, and so they can tell you, uh, all bets are off, man. This is becoming a hiker bike race. <laughs> Mm. Uh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the climbs are the climbs are not like you know like it's nothing like you know the big climbs of Europe. But it's, you know like you're always going yeah yeah you're always going up or going down like you know in some in some especially on day two you know like you are either going up or going down. So it's you know it's not like the the Alps or, or the, the, the the Pyrenees, but you know like you tend to climb a lot in those uh, in those uh, in that uh, in that race yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, we don't want we, we don't want to give away too many secrets, but I can tell you okay. one thing. One thing for your listeners that uh, <laughs> on stage one, I was I, I was real keen to start, and uh, as Sule described, a small rock garden. I would describe as the Carrefour de l'Arbre or something like that for oh, yeah. for fifty kilometers. I mean, I, I really got the the shit kicked out of me, if I can say. Um, and then and then you have two thousand meters of climbing, and then the whole time. I was thinking, wow, I have this beautiful descent coming where I can recover. Yes. <laughs> and and I have to say that that descent was probably the worst <laughs> experience for me in the entire race. <laughs> yeah. So it, 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 it's also, you know, got its, its own uh, its own share of, of very technical aspects to it and stuff. So it really tests everything. So not just endurance, but bike handling, um, survival skills, uh, being able to repair things on on the bike, you know, being able to you know, ration food and water and and all of this stuff uh, is all and, and being able to navigate as well. Keep in mind that uh, you know the navigation is on board and, and you're responsible for it. So it's not like you can just 
follow someone's wheel because they're going to be, I think, huge gaps from the first kilometer uh, in this race. So uh, I, I don't, I don't see it as being a race where you just have a giant peloton that goes through the four stages. Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely. Um, just, just for me to understand and to put things in context. So you said, um, anyways, this is going to be a stage race, of course, and we're going to talk about the stages and how they're going to work. But what is going to be in the middle? You actually give the track directly to people. It's going to be a fixed route, or they need to arrive to a to from A to B, and then they decide the route. So a bit oh, more no, Atlas no, Mountain no, no, Race no, no, no. way or <laughs> transcontinental <laughs> race. <laughs> No, 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 definitely. Not. It's, it's, a set, it's a set course, yeah. And, um, and, and yes, you need, to, you need to stick to it uh, um, for sure. But so, and, and I know we've now probably scared um, a lot of your listeners possibly out of entering, but now, now maybe we will talk about the very nice stage. Uh, this, it is, and, and I do think we have to be honest about it, it's a very hard physical challenge mm -hmm. and it's designed for that, for that purpose so that. Um, we can give our, you know, top flight uh, Canyon athletes a real taste of international competition and also allure some of the best in the international world to come and join. But what we have, and I think which is also very unique in, in the gravel scene, is, is because, you know, some of the, the, the races in, in the gravel scene are either big, hard one-day races or they're these, you know, uh, multi-week events where you don't really see anybody uh, as the race goes on. And you may... <laughs> If you finish within, you know, a day or two of, 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 the, of the top finishers, you may see them uh, at the end in a bar for a drink or something. But what's nice about our event is that every mm -hmm. night uh, you come together in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the Mara, with the tent set up and a fireplace and food. And you can all come together and kind of share war stories about what happened, wow. and, you know, leak each other's wounds and then, uh, you know, get ready for the next day, have a beer, you know, and just relax, get ready. And, 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 and also appreciate the view and appreciate the wilderness. And, 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 and by, by even the end of the first night, you will be able to understand the difference between what a wildebeest sounds like at night and what a hyena yeah. sounds like at night from, wow. from your tent. Yes, yes, yes. So mm. it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really magical. And, uh, we got a, you know, we got a really strong buy-in from the Maasai community, thankfully. Uh, we're going to really try every year to do right by them. And, um, it's a really nice window also into some of their cultural practices. We have their best, you know, guys ensuring our safety in the, in the night. And, and, and I, I can promise you that uh, you won't feel, worried at all uh these guys are clearly uh the masters of their domain yeah. so uh, it's yeah that from that point of view i think it's also really unique and really beautiful yeah yeah perfect uh do you want to add something sule what do you think uh uh about that i truly believe that it's gonna be beautiful and actually michael put together a couple of points that are awesome and the first point is actually really um the support and staying together with yeah with the, the maasai culture and that's super great and i can see this point and the second point is actually that okay staying together for uh for the night between one stage and the other is going to be also a good playground to talk about to spread a bit the culture that everybody experienced or the raiders the rider experienced right yeah i think that you know like the the, the, the bondness you know like that experience of having a bonfire after yes. like, the evening of the, of the it's just you know like it's something unique even for us when we are doing the recce 
like it gave us an opportunity to you know like to to chat, to chat with each other to talk about uh, different worlds you know like what's how Europe is how Africa is you know like it's 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 a unique moment you know and that's uh, one experience I think people will really really enjoy and coming to to, to the Maasai's, I think this is one thing that doesn't happen. It has never happened in this in this area, and I think they will be really, really, really looking forward, you know, uh, for, for for hosting us and helping us with, you know, especially with controlling of the of the animals. Yes, we'll have the the, the people of the forest helping, but you know, like the the, the, the men, the Maasai's themselves, they know this area very well. I can remember like one one of the evenings when we were doing the reiki, they told us, you know, like. We have the camp is where the, the, the elephants were passing, and every one of us was worried because we could see <laughs> the elephants passed here yesterday. So we were like, And why did we camp here? Like, why is the camp here? <laughs> they told us it's fine, like, we'll, uh, we'll be outside, we're watching for you, and you just need to, to rest and sleep, and uh, we'll divert the, 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 the elephants. And I remember the next day in the morning. I think the giraffes were in our camp and it was like you waking up, opening your tent and as soon as you look outside, you see the giraffe like, you know, 50 meters in front of your tent. And uh, that was quite uh, um, a scenario. That was quite nice. Yeah. That was unreal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can see the point. I can actually, I'm, I'm dreaming actually uh, already talking to you because I've been to Africa. I was in Botswana and Zimbabwe. It was... Four years ago, a lot of time ago, and actually, I can recognize exactly, absolutely the scenes that you are uh, you are explaining me because I remember that we said as well with the community there. It was in the Okawango uh, River, uh, delta of the Okawango, and actually, we were there also with uh, yeah, with some people there of their communities and whatever. We were going out really just inside in the wildlife, walking because usually, you know, you do these kind of things on a car because, yeah. And actually, you were super safe. You were walking directly with them and they were telling you all the stories, what yeah. in that period of the year is, is happening and why this is happening and what is the best, where to go to see uh, the giraffe, where to see the zebras and whatever. And they can really understand the point is that they know their land perfectly so exactly, yeah. they can tell you a lot of stories about that that's probably i don't know actually if i can actually uh, place myself there this would be actually probably one of the best parts of this race just getting to know absorb as much as possible all the culture that you can feel there and all the knowledge that yeah the Maasai have there and that's great yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. um what I want to, ah, yeah, I have a couple of something like, there are, I think, two uh, questions that are going to be super sharp, that are going to be about something like uh, what people have to expect there. The first one is, you talked a lot, so, is migration gravel race, and actually you talked a lot about handling, bike handling and stuff, but is this race better for, uh, I don't know, rigid gravel bike with drop bars, or a completely full suspended What's the best bike for it? That's a very good question. <laughs> I think it, I, Sule, you, you, you jump in. I think it's an open question, and we're going to find out after this first race. I, yeah. I, I personally think that the first two stages, um, a mountain bike even, a full mountain bike, you can, um, may even be better uh, because it's, uh, it, there's a ton of climbing, but it's really rough uh, the first two days. But I do think that you would lose something possibly on the second two days, where uh, where it becomes the race becomes a bit faster. 
So it's really going to be, yeah, a, a combination. But Sule, you, you jump in, you, you know better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like I'll still go with my gravel. Like it's, uh, I know like day one, like uh, the first 40 kilometers are a bit rocky and they'll be well suited with a mountain bike uh, for the first 40. But if I look at the second half of the of the of the, re- of the day, uh, it's like suited for for gravel, especially with those winds. You know, like the roads are not uh, they're they're, mm. they're smooth. They're okay. So I'll probably rely. On, I'll st- still go with yeah. Day two again is uh, some 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 descents are a bit technical, not like uh, rocky technical, but you know, like you need to be uh, good handling skills and you know, like so that you can maneuver around. But uh, I think it will be uh, it will be really really. You know, like uh, uh, I'll be really looking forward to hear uh, people's views after this first event. But at the moment, I think it's a, a gravel event. Like, uh, and I think gravel will do. Uh, will you'll have more? You'll benefit more from a gravel bike than you know a mountain bike. Like you'll have some advantages, especially on day on day three and day four, where like you'll you know you'll uh, if you have a, a, a mountain bike. Uh, you will not uh, get the advantages. So I'll rely, I'll go with, you know, like 70% the gravel bike. Okay, okay, good to know. Second sharp question, resupply and what people need to bring with them? Because in the classic ultra-endurance races, people are bringing with them big bags with everything that they need for eating, for cooking, for sleeping, and everything like this. But this is a stage race. So how does it work in this direction? So it, it's, it's on a, the lighter end of self-supported or semi-supported, I should say. Um, you, what, you, what we're basically going to tell participants is that they need to be able to handle themselves during the day. Um, so we will have one checkpoint um, in, in a stage, let's say it's 165 kilometers. There will be one checkpoint with water and, and some snacks, et cetera, midway through. Uh, but it's it's a long day. That stage two is a very long day. Okay. Uh, I mean, it takes the entire day. So you need to be able to have enough water on on your on your person uh, to at least get to the checkpoint, and then another uh, enough, enough to be able to get to the to the end of the stage, plus uh, food and, and nutrition, etc. And you need to have all of your uh, tools on hand to fix anything that may go wrong with your bike. Uh, and I can tell you that on, on, on the last stage, I was 10 kilometers from the line. I, I had this, you know, miraculously very little happen uh, to my bike during the <laughs> during the, the race, though lots of terrible things happened to my body. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> um, as, the, as the photos show at least some. Um, but anyway, the... The, the last 10 kilometers, I, I hit uh, some, some rocks that, that just completely ripped my sidewall, uh, punctured the, the, the tape on the rim. Uh, it was just the catastrophic fail for me. Like, uh, there was nothing I could do to fix it. I spent, you know, 20, 30 minutes in the sun just getting baked, not being able to fix this tire. So, um, so you have to have on you, um, even a spare tire, frankly. Um, so that you know you can uh, you can fix whatever may happen. We have a mechanic uh, who will be at the at the checkpoints and then at the camps every night. So 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 basic kinds of things that can be fixed or readjusted in the evenings. But uh, during the stage, if you want to compete, you better be able to to fix your bike and fix it quickly. 
Okay, okay. But anyways, I would say that all the part that is related to basically cooking food and sleeping or whatever is actually taking care of you. That's taken care of, yeah. So you'll be given like a, a, a size or a lot, almost like a, a carry-on baggage allowance uh, on an airplane. And that that small bag will uh, meet you every every evening, uh, so you don't have to bring those things. And plus, we set up the individual tents because, of course, we're still dealing with COVID period. So yeah, of course, we're trying to put uh, a, a, as many protocols in place as possible. One of them will be individual tents and individual sleeping bags that are assigned to race numbers. So you won't uh, you will always have the same tent and the same bag ready for you when you rock up to the camp. Uh, according to your race number, and then uh, and your bag will also be in the tent. So uh, that that's the uh, that's that's how it will be. And we'll have food and 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 potentially one beer. Uh, one beer each for... every night <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah but uh, you are welcome. You are welcome to 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 bring you know like your stuff. You know, like uh, because I know like some people like to 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 bring their own stuff. You know, like you know some some i don't know like you are free to bring whatever you you, you think you you might need during the, the evening so during the race so that you can you need to be comfortable as much as possible mm. of course of course perfect um so by today we are at the 19th so january the 19th i know that the registration or potential registration ended on the 15th of January. So probably right now, because we will be probably in February by going live with this episode, you can tell me a bit of, I don't know, some ideas or some uh, small information and news about who are going to be the participant, who is going to take part to the race, some good names, some uh, veterans of other races. Can you tell us more about that? Anyways, I would love actually to know more. And this is something like a parenthesis, so I will make your job a bit easier. I would love to know how many people from, anyways, Eastern Africa, but I mean, from Kenya and Rwanda uh, are taking part to the race because this is the most important thing. But I want to know also the other side. I think I think your listeners should know that as you asked this question, you had a small smirk on your face. Because <laughs> you were very, very much anticipating. I have to stop putting <laughs> videos while doing the interview. <laughs> um, well, I can, I can tell you I can tell you one of the names in the list is Sule Kangangi. At least that's, that's what right. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, I can name everyone. That's great. Everyone needs to remember. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, look, we can tell you we're still we're still finalizing the 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 list of, of those who uh, will receive an acceptance letter. We are really humbled by the fact that so many amazing athletes have, have signed up for this race. Uh, twice as many as we can accommodate. So it's really really cool for for our first uh, our first foray into this, and then we really much appreciate the the support. But um, yeah, in terms of the people who will obviously get an invite and, um, so they can jump in as well. But we have three uh, marquee riders from Education First, uh, Lachlan Morton, uh, Alex Howes, and Mitch Docker. Wow. So that's that's pretty cool that uh, that those guys have uh, have taken it. Lachlan's been a, a big uh, supporter of our project from the very beginning, and I, I really can't say enough about about him. He's such a... He's, he's one of those guys that you... Uh, 
you're really worried about meeting because you're like, oh, I'm sure he's not going to be as cool as he appears on TV. Okay. Uh, but I can I can tell your listeners that that is very much the case. In fact, he may even be cooler. Um, so yeah, it's infuriating, but also it's true. Yeah, he, he he's wow. he's the real deal, and and we and we very much appreciate his support from the beginning. Um, and then uh, apart from from the education first trio, we have Lawrence Tendam. Um, who who is also uh, you know a class act, and then he's coming with with Thomas Decker. Um, so those are two two former world tour pros. We have some guys from the gravel scene as well. Um, we have uh, Josh Ibbett, uh, who won um, GB Durham. So that's yeah, yeah. it's it's really nice to have. Uh, some good uh, gravel representation yes. as well. Plus, and he was also transcontinental uh, race winner. So, yeah, 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 yeah mm. indeed. Uh, he's also got some ties to uh, to East Africa. I think he's uh, he's spent some time there. So that's that's also nice. We got just a really a whole cast of characters there that uh, I think is going to really add to the fireside banter and chat. Uh, but I think most excitingly. Are, are East African competitors. Uh, the caliber of riders that are going to be joining uh, is extremely high. Um, I, just just from, from off the bat, the, some of the guys from Rwanda, not to mention, of course, are, uh, are, are Kenyan riders who are, are yeah. um, racing in their home, in their home territory, in their home yeah. turf, and, um, and who, um, yeah, we're really excited about giving this opportunity to. We have, uh, from, from Rwanda, we have Joseph Arua, who, uh, apart from winning the Tour of Rwanda, which is no small feat, was the uh, was the first African rider to ride in the in Perry Roubaix last year. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to take some of that Perry Roubaix experience and, uh, and, and and smash uh smash that first 40, 40 50 kilometers of of, of semi Perry Roubaix uh, uh, cobblestones in the, in the in the first stage. So that's exciting. Plus, we have like three or four other guys from Rwanda who are riding pro continental. Uh, former national champions, uh, former podium uh, places on, on Tour of Rwanda and various other big races. From from Uganda, we have a national former national champion of Uganda and his brother coming, also uh, really talented guys, supported by Masaka Cycling Club. And and then of course, last but not least, we have uh, we have our Kenyan riders who are, I think are the dark horses for. For some serious surprises in this race, uh, and not to mention the first and foremost, of course, is our, our very own Sule. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, who's, uh, who's 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 uh, a, a lot of talent uh, and, and a lot of achievements in cycling, um, and we've got uh, some of his some of his teammates, um, Charles Kangani, uh, and John Karayuki. Evan, what guy? Um, real, real strong athletes. Plus, yeah. we even got some um, other riders. Some uh, we have uh, Kinja, David Kinja, mm-hmm. who yeah. uh, is is known to maybe some of your listeners as uh, as Chris Froome's coach, uh, uh-huh. who got Chris Froome into cycling. So uh, wow, okay. <laughs> but he's also he's also a very accomplished mountain biker in his own right, uh, having competed in, in Cape Epic and various other things. So. Uh, no, the field uh, the field looks really stacked, and we're, we couldn't be happier about that. So, uh, and, and and though we originally tried to limit it to to fifty, there may be actually a few more because we just couldn't turn some people away. They're just too good, and 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 whether it be from from a sporting perspective or 
or their characters just will certainly lend to the overall ambiance and, and feel of the race. We just had to bring them. So, uh, yeah, so it hasn't made the selection process very easy, but uh, but at the same time, we're quite excited about it. That's great. Just uh, yeah, go ahead. Just to add on that, yeah, just to to add on that, that shows you know like with the caliber of the field, it shows that this is not going to be a holiday. Absolutely, you know, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, it's you know like from the terrain to the field, you know, everything is there. Everything is there uh, to mix uh, and to make sure that this you know it's one uh, epic race that you know it won't. Be, it won't be forgotten soon, and maybe it has. A, I think it has the potential to be one of one of the great races in the world. You know, like from 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 everything, from all from all aspects of, of of it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if I can just add a small little brick on what you are saying, that is super true. I think that this is probably the non-UCI race most packed with talented riders that I've ever heard of. So you really mentioned a lot of great people that are going to make the race just amazing and beautiful, even if I think that everything is going to be... So I I don't know, but I truly believe that actually everybody is going to be astonished by landscape and stuff, but also the race is going to be wow. It's going to be super good. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And what I wanted to ask you also, yeah, I have to ask you something else about the race and then we're going to switch in another couple of topics. So we talked about amazing scenarios, amazing landscape, wildlife, beautiful, amazing experience, great riders that are going to uh, battle for the win. And by the way, Sule, you are absolutely riding for winning, right? Yes, um, I'm going for the win. I can announce that here. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I need this kind yeah. of... First year, um, <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, like when you are, I was seeing the people registrations, you know, like at, at first, you know, like I was like, ah, okay, I'm, 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 I'll announce I'm going for the win. And then the, 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 the people kept on registering. And I was like, oh, uh, that's... Uh, at, at first, I had like one wheel to choose to follow in the race. Now, I don't know which wheels I should follow because there are so many. So, but yeah, I'll trying to be. I'll be trying to, you know, uh, to show my best, and uh, you know, like, you know, it's as I said, it's home, and uh, I'll probably try to use some home advantage. I've done the recce myself, so uh, that's one of the, you know, advantages I will want to use. So, although uh, we'll see, but I'm going for the win. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And so my question yeah. at the end was, I, I, anyways, I was sure about that. Uh, anyway, Sule, and uh, I wanted to hear from your clear voice something like a statement like this, but I can completely yeah, feel yeah. you as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even myself, like the less competitive person on planet, I would have said the same, exactly the same words. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, where are people, where can people see the show that is going to be taking in place in June? Then which one are going to be the media that you are going to involve? How you are going to really share images and information and everything that's something that i would really love to know so that's that's still in um we're still in discussion but uh we expect that there will be some significant media presence uh and some um and we're in the talks with 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 one uh, particular outlet um that obviously has an affiliation with ef and has done things with them in the past so uh yeah, it's uh, hopefully th that that seems to be on track, and that's going to be great. Um, and and hopefully they the, the talks have been really cool. The the people at Rafa are really switched on, and they really want to, uh, especially with Lachlan's insistence to to really showcase uh, not just the story of the EF guys in Africa, but also the 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 stories of 
of all of the riders uh, um, who they're competing against. Uh, who, who from, from East Africa, the Kenyans and the Rwandans and the Ugandans. So I think that's going to be a far more interesting story than maybe possibly some of the ones in the past because, um, I mean, uh, we, we now know quite a bit about Lachman, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, 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 no, and no discredit to him. Uh, he's, he's a very interesting guy. But uh, I think it's really nice to, to see them extending that platform. Uh, and telling different stories, and that's so that's really nice. And we also have our own um, in-house film crew, some some really cool guys who have jumped on and have quite a bit of experience in Kenya doing film and, and, and video and uh, and uh, photography. Sorry, um, and our very own uh, Salt Lake Lian to, to take photos. So we, we hope to be able to to get that message out and and to give people an, a sense of how it went yes 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 absolutely absolutely super looking forward for it really i can't wait to follow the things one after the other it's great um i just want to move a bit but just a tiny bit from uh, the the race itself but sule mentioned it at the beginning uh, of our chat and we were talking you were talking about the migration gravel series that is actually no i will not introduce anything tell us everything sule tell me everything so yeah it's uh, so we have this race in june uh, it's uh, you know like uh, one of the i think the biggest race i think it will be the biggest race in kenya uh, but people like local people really you know like they know about mountain bike uh, they have been racing with mountain bikes and road race so the gravel race it's kind of uh, kind of something new But, uh, you know, uh, like personally for me, it's something that um, I've really, uh, it has really got me so interested. You know, like I've always, I've come from a background of mountain biking and uh, and uh, road, uh, road race. So, um, like, especially in Kenya, we have had so many, not so many, but like last year we had uh, uh, serious issues with, uh, with people being uh, knocked in the, with the, with the car in, on the road, you know, like our roads are not safe, especially in the tarmac. So, um, so if you put that together and, you know, like you're having this race in June and you, you want to put some excitement into it, you don't just want people to, to, to wake up uh, in June and, you know, be doing the June, uh, the June event. You want to build some, to build up some excitement, especially here at home. So that's why uh, we came up, you know, with um, the with, uh, Migration Gravel Series, which it's, uh, I want to do six events this year, three before the June uh, the June uh, the June event and six three after the June event uh, but more of it is you know to give people uh, a different uh, you know a different not a sport but different angle of where you know like where they can even enjoy more because in Kenya we have so many uh, uh, we have less tarmac roads and more gravel roads yeah. but people have always been going to the to the tarmac you know and that's where we're having issues with traffic and you know like accidents uh, so you know gravel it's just something new and you know like uh, for me it's a it's a chance to build some momentum and to build some uh, to introduce a new culture of you know of riding a bike and i think it's more it's more close to what people like with the road bikes and but you're on the gravel and you can explore more with with, with a gravel bike i've witnessed that i've seen that and i know that's you know and it's something that people have, people have started uh, buying into it so it's more of a chance of you know like bringing some excitement before june event 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's going to look like, actually, there are going to be something like single rides, single stages where everybody can take part. It's not going to be the biggest, the, the, a big event like the Migration Gravel Race. It's not going to be a race. No, not, 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 not at all. Not at all. So the way we are doing it, we are doing it very simple. It's, uh, so uh, we are doing it. It's a one-day one event. Like the first event will be on February 28th. It's a place called uh, Bateas. It's like uh, completely... Uh, on the other side of, 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 of Masai Mara, but it's uh, so the first event is 60 kilometers. Everyone is uh, everyone is allowed to come in. So at the moment, a lot of people don't have gravel bikes. So we are telling them you can use your mountain bike, but we want to encourage people, like in the future, to have gravel bikes as well. So uh, it will be like a segment. Uh, the route will be like a segment, and uh, you know we have where well, the time we can start and. Uh, uh, one hour in between, uh, so you can start at your own at your own time, and you can you know you can enjoy. We'll, we'll, so we can take the fastest times, but uh, you know so we are giving you a chance to enjoy, or you can race. You know, like you can. It's 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 so it's an open it's an open event. It's an open participation event, much like our European listeners would be familiar with. You know, like the ones we have on the weekends, or where someone sets up a gravel event and just gives you the GPX route. Uh, and with with the exception that uh, those don't tend to have Sule Kangani there, uh, and and he's a uh, he's his own little personality in Kenya, and uh, and his experience and stuff is something that's also a kind of unique feature because uh, he's picking some of the best uh, routes that maybe others wouldn't have been able to experience yet uh, in other national parks potentially and other kind of beautiful features of uh, of Kenya to showcase. But again, the idea is really to get. Uh, this is really uh, not an exclusive event. It's the opposite. So to get people who are just starting out, uh, people who want to train in a more safe environment, uh, give them the opportunity uh, to, to start getting into this gravel culture, build that gravel culture in Kenya. That's awesome. That yeah. looks really, really nice. Well, moving still yeah. in... Yeah, go ahead, Saleh. Yeah, and with the, you know, with the 60 kilometers loop, we have like after 42, if you feel like you cannot finish the 60 kilometer loop, you can take uh, the shortcut to back to the, to the rest village. And uh, so we want to, to, to be inclusive of, of, of everyone, you know, like you don't want to lock anyone out. So we want to, you know, like I'm encouraging everyone to, 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 to come out and you know like enjoy uh it's something that we don't have in kenya in kenya we have always had like either a race for the the, the good guys but we always you know don't have a race for uh people where no, not the good guys but we have always race where people like only go to race we don't have those events that you know people can go and uh, have an option of enjoying uh, so this is you know like where i'm coming on with the with the with the with the, with the gravel series Yes, it's putting people together because I can also understand that people would feel a bit more comfortable or staying all together in a race or an event where you know that most of the things are taken care of. There is somebody else making a, uh, a recon of it and they know the places or whatever. It's just putting people together, let them ride in an amazing road and in an amazing track, actually, because it's not to grow road, it's gravel. No, but it's super good because you're really giving the experience to everybody to join as Michael was saying, a one-day event, and uh, it's great. Yep. Perfect. So we were talking about then amazing plays, amazing segments, amazing tracks, and I know that actually you also uh, you also are super lucky, like I am, to be supported by Komoot. And uh, 
because of this reason, we know that actually with uh, Komoot, you can really uh, get inside of their system or just find out the best rights that you can do. And because of that, I'm actually also putting together something like a small collection of backyard rides and backyard yard ride means actually uh, so a ride where actually you can feel comfortable with of making your rides your training something that you can do blindly without any problems and probably also the ride that is really close your, to your front door and that you like the best the both of you guys do you have a backyard ride that you can describe to me and uh, inspire also to the people that are listening yes i do uh, probably it's one i don't know i don't know if it's I don't I, th I don't think a lot of people will like it. So my you know I have this ride where it's in Italy. I live uh, that's where we, I train and I spend most of my time. Uh, so you like kind of it's at fifty five kilometers. So it's how it's out and back. So like uh, so you you lose for the first forty kilometers. You're going down and you are losing elevation uh, to the the 40 kilometer mark and then the 15 kilometers uphill you gain like 800 meters of of climbing in 15 kilometers wow uh and then you come back uh, to the to the river uh, so you lose again 800 and then the 40 kilometers up to where you started you you gain another 1200 meters of climbing so this is my probably i'll say i don't think it's a lot of people's favorite but this is one where i really like you know and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, Miguel, but this is this is mine. Yeah, well, I can tell you for sure that in Holland we don't have a fifty-four kilometer, two thousand meter option. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I could I could ride for two thousand kilometers in Holland and still not have two thousand meters of climbing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my my route's a bit different. It's uh, we we ride on the dunes here, which is a really unique uh, feature for where I am in Holland. It's quite beautiful, and, and after nearly a thousand times over ten years, I still uh, I still love it. It's, uh, my ride is to Nordvik, so it's a, a town on the sea, and you ride over the sand dunes to get there. It's sort of undulating and uh, and, and kind of you know a, a bit sparse, and especially living in Holland, Holland can feel like Calcutta sometimes. It's just the, one of the most densely populated places on the planet. Mm. And uh, to just get out and have some space where yeah, there's not so many people, um, even though there are still a lot of cyclists on the dunes, um, is, is really nice, a little experience in nature. So it's about 42 kilometers and 250 meters of climbing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's about a, yeah, that's, that's my go-to for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Well, guys, I think it's everything by my side. I just want to say the last two things. First of all, is that we mentioned Corona with this time three times. So it's one of the best episodes. I don't know if you know it, but I actually tend not to mention the situation where we are now, because I think everybody's already talking about that. And for this reason, all the time that myself or my guests are mentioning Corona, I actually drop one coin that usually is one Swiss franc into a COVID jar and then I give everything in charity and I give everything to the Sea Watch uh, organization and this time it was only three. I well, will... now, now you've made us feel bad, Stefano. 
No, 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 no. It's perfect, actually, because the mentioned it more. <laughs> I'm gonna set up things together in a proper way by saying at least four times and four times in the intro and the outro of the episode. So it's gonna be in target. No, but it's really great because Solid. in this way we can also think about more about the future and stuff instead of being stuck in bad news. But this is the last thing from my side. Do you have on your side, people, something else that I didn't ask or I forgot to ask or you want to add? Uh, yeah, probably like the highlight of the migration gravel race. Go ahead. I Sorry, think, I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it will be, you know, like stage four where we'll be passing, you know, on the heart of the Mahara. Yeah. I think that will be my highlight of the, of, the, of the race. And I think a lot of people will be looking forward to that point of, 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 of the race. I think for me, that will be, I don't know about you, Michael, but I think that will be my highlight of the race. Yeah, there there were so many highlights, and of course I would say that. But uh, yeah, I think what's also going to be nice about this is that the actual migration of wildebeest it, it will coincide this race. So yeah. it could, uh, yeah, it could be it, it could be quite interesting, especially stage three and four. Imagine Sule those the sort of lunar landscapes that we saw on stage three, but instead populated by a million wildebeest. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be that would be something. So now we're really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing from my side. Uh, last thing that I want to add is your, or you want to say, you want to say probably, tell us where people can follow all the information and everything that is happening right now. The only thing that I'm going to say is that the race is going to take place between June the 23rd till 26th. Again, June the 26th. Do you want to tell us all social media websites or whatever where people can follow you? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, the, the Migration Gravel Race uh, Instagram is a good starting place. There you will be kind of keyed off on all the things that are happening in the, in the news and developments. Um, you can also find a, a little teaser video of, of, of Sule and myself and others on, on, on the website. Um, and yeah, you can also follow Team Amani for, for a sort of more uh, broader um, uh, developments with respect to this project and others. Awesome, awesome. So, Sule... Michael, thanks a lot for being here and telling and let me dream at least for this couple of hours in uh, end of the morning. And I think I'm going to think about it for the whole day. And now I can tell you that my indoor riding today, because here the weather is not perfect, my indoor riding today is going to suck so bad. So <laughs> I think I'm going to change yeah, the really wheel. On the, yeah, I'm going to change my wheel. I'm going to go out. Who cares? No, really appreciate it, guys. Really, yeah. thanks a lot. We, we really Thanks appreciate so you uh, yeah. giving us this opportunity, Stefano. Really nice. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. I will My talk pleasure to you as well. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks, Ole. Thank Michael. I will talk to you soon. Huh? So what do you think, people? I think it's really a parterre de roi. The one that is seeing the first edition of the Migration Gravel Race. Continue to follow them. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And apart from having an amazing and super talented start list, can you imagine in Kenya in the Masai Mara, how many good photos are gonna come out of there and all the footage and all the videos and everything. I don't think that, I think that actually that part of the world is completely unbeatable for colors and wildlife. And we have also to consider that the photographer of the event is gonna be Lian, Salt Lake Lian. Uh, she talked already here, we talked other many times and I mentioned her pretty often for the ship cycling culture but and also for her article she's also a super talented copywriter 
a lot of good content is gonna come out of there so continue continue follow it well uh, i think that now we have to talk about komoot it's also uh, cool understanding that komoot is supporting the migration gravel race as well we are all a big family and that's super 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 nice really but Komoot, we were saying, I'm still, I still need to give you, I still owe you uh, the tip that I was mentioning before. So, um, in the last episode, we actually finally understood that by just holding the letter M on your keyword while planning, you can hide with no problems the blue line of your planning route. route sorry. Uh, now I'm going to give you another little tip. So let's say that you are planning, for example, I'm here now on my map because I want to go from my place to Uticon and then Regensberg. Amazing ride, I do it pretty often during winter. Well, uh, if I want to know a bit more about surface and everything and by pushing the M button is not enough and they want to check something different, I can actually change the overlay of the maps of the maps sorry so at the moment i am in my planning map actually in my route planner you can see that on the right you can find for example now i'm planning with a bike i can see a small shape a blue shape with a bicycle inside well if i go there with my mouse pointer i can basically change completely the map so for example i can go from the normal one that is actually the map that is the open street map but i can go as well to the google map uh, to the open cycle map sorry that it is more specific and then as well to the google roads and to the google satellite that's the thing that i prefer to do most of the time because in this way i can really check where my road is going if there are forests if there are little villages and towns and then in this way i can really check way way better the waypoint and the little uh, detour that i want to do that's the, basically the way where I can find my best road, especially when I'm out exploring more than just doing a couple of, well, even just a couple of hour ride for me is an exploration because you know that I get lost all the time. But for you, in order not to get lost, remember, you can unlock your free region just by going on komoot.com slash G, like Greenland, and put the code BROOM. And then in this way, you can as well get a couple of features more like downloading your region offline and also switch on the turn-by-turn -turn navigation. So next week is gonna be other little tips and maybe I can give you some tips if you have, because I think that many of you already know uh, Komoot, but if you are a premium user and you will find something more, probably we're gonna talk about something like that next week. For now, I just want to say thank you for following and thanks to Komoot and thanks for listening to this amazing and really inclusive episode because I think that all the initiatives of uh, associations like the Team Amani and everything that is running around in this way in order to bring pro cycling and super interesting cycling on Africa, in this case, East Africa, it's pretty important. And in this way, we're gonna have anyways, a lot of fun on having new people joining the cycling community, the cycling family. That's super nice. Remember that you can listen to this episode and other episodes from all the podcasts apps that you have all around so apple podcast google podcast and uh, spotify mainly but whatever it is or just write on the google broom wagon podcast broom wagon usually it's one word and then you can also find the website otherwise it's broomwagonpodcast.cc same thing 
remember to rate share subscribe the episode please do it it's super helpful and remember that you can always as usual always send me and drop me a line on the instagram account calamaro cc or broom wagon club that said well nothing else i would say that i will talk to you next week it's gonna be another amazing episode let me know if you like this one and let me know whom do you want on the podcast i'm super open to any suggestion ciao Thank you.